Well, we are just a few hours from, uh, from Christmas Day, and I'm sure everyone is anticipating a lot of good things for tomorrow, um, especially uh, your children, uh, your great-grandchildren or grandchildren. Uh, I know our kids are, are ready, and so they're saying, what time is service going to be done so we can speed this along and, and, uh, and Santa can come and do his thing? And so uh, I told them that I would preach an extra-long sermon today to teach them this whole thing about patience. Um, <laughs> well, welcome to our Christmas Eve candlelight service. And we are so blessed to have you join us this evening. For those of you who are watching online later on, uh, welcome, welcome. Um, you know, many Christian families use an Advent wreath to celebrate the themes of Advent in the home. You know, this interesting, the Advent wreath is rich in a symbolism and is typically an evergreen wreath that contains five candles that retells the Christmas story. The circle of greenery reminds us that God is eternal, the Alpha and Omega, without beginning or end. And then the candles symbolize the light of God entering the world through the birth of Jesus. And the four outer candles represent a period of waiting for the birth of Jesus. And their light reminds us that Jesus is the light of the world that comes into the darkness of our world. So they also remind us that we are called to be the light of the world as we reflect the light of God's love and grace to others. You notice, um, if you will see, that we light a candle each week. And if you are here during the Advent season... The candles are already lit, and we blow out a candle each week as we uh, make our way to Easter. And so there is great symbolism and effect and deeper meaning for this. Well, I want to read this passage for, for, for this evening. So here a portion of the word from the book that we so love. And it comes from John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Before we uh, continue on, will you pray with me? Lord, what incredible words. Your light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Lord, many of us, sometimes we feel like the darkness overtakes us, overtakes our circumstances and life around us. And yet, Lord, your light shines, and sometimes we miss it. And so in this moment, in this time, will you allow us to be still, to recognize that your presence is with us, to recognize that you are within and you are at work in and around us, Lord, and that we would humble our hearts and that you become greater and greater and we become less and less. Will you meet us here where we are? We thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So 
John chapter 1 is not your typical Christmas uh, verse. Uh, it's, uh, but I, I think this is, it's appropriate for tonight. And this is, and this is, because this is what the light of the world is all about. It is the word of God that came into physical form and became the light of the world. This is the season when we are reminded when love came down and came to earth, God with us, Emmanuel. Christian author and theologian C.S. Lewis once made an observation when he was uh, writing. And, and when it comes to an author and its characters, uh, like William Shakespeare, he says this. He says, William Shakespeare knew all there was to know about Hamlet. I mean, he invented the character, right? He knew everything about the motivations, the fears, the hopes of this character. Shakespeare brought this character to life. He put words in his mouth. And the character can echo the very words and sentiment of his creator's thoughts, hopes, and wants. Shakespeare's stamp is on the character of Hamlet. But the character could never break out of the play or move off the page into the world of Shakespeare. Hamlet could never meet Shakespeare unless, unless the author, Shakespeare, wrote himself into the story. If the creator made himself one of the characters, if he scripted himself into the play, then he could make himself known to the cast. And then Hamlet could meet Shakespeare, but as we dive deeper into this whole analogy, there's so many holes, and we can break down so many, it can break down in so many places, right? But see, this is the mystery, the season of Advent. In this season of Advent, we long for the arrival of Jesus at Christmas. We light candles in anticipation, and as we are reminded of hope, joy, and love, and peace of the season, and we hear the story as it unfolds before of a baby that is born in Bethlehem, Emmanuel, God with us, God has come to save the world. But save what? Save us. To reconcile humanity and God to bring us together, to, to bridge the gap that we thought was impossible to, to ever close. And some of you tonight may still believe that it is impossible today, but it is not. Yet through humble beginnings and scandalous outcomes, the creator steps into the story and takes the lead role so that we may have hope in a savior. Came across a picture this week, and it is a painting by uh, a woman. Her name is Saint Grace Remington. And when I saw this, I was uh, really captured by this painting. Um, she's a Cistercian sister of Our Lady of the Mississippi Abbey. And when she was asked, why did you paint this picture, it's interesting because she painted this picture and she only shared it with the other sisters in, in her abbey, but it became so famous that people were passing it around and making copies of it and passing it to other people uh, that it just began to catch on. And so uh, and a person interviewed her and they asked her, when, uh, they asked her, what did you hope that people would see when you painted this picture? And this was her response. This is what she said. She said, 
I hope the ladies speak of the graciousness and the gratuitousness of God's mercy and how God's message of salvation is communicated through compassion and kindness. One of the things I was pondering as I drew this picture was the question of why Eve said no to God and Mary said yes. And I started to think about how Eve had no idea what it would mean to live in a fallen world, to be separated from God. And whatever purity of soul Mary had, Eve had in her creation too. And yet, whatever innocence Mary had, she, had not, she was not spared the experience of living in a fallen world. First century Palestine was no Garden of Eden. And I wondered whether Mary was able to give her eyes precisely uh, because she knew the pain of life. She knew how desperately we needed God, and her eyes were open. This was part of what I see as her compassion for Eve in this picture. She's not standing with folded hands on a pedestal above Eve. She is standing with Eve, touching Eve, seeing her deeply. She knows the gift she is carrying uh, is for Eve as much as it is for herself. And she doesn't need Eve to get herself together or even drop the apple before inviting her in. If you look at this picture, it speaks to everything that I believe what Advent is all about. I mean, look at this picture. You see the garden. I mean, isn't it interesting that Eve was in the perfect garden and she experienced great pain, and yet Mary is not in a garden, and yet her heart is filled with hope above the pain of the world. Mary has broken the vicious cycle, uh, circle of violence and brokenness. And if you notice that there's an arch right above them, Leonardo da Vinci once wrote that an arch is nothing else than a strength caused by two weaknesses. Two weaknesses converted into a single strength. And if you notice all the fruit around them, there's fruit all around them in the arch. Eve is even holding on to the fruit. And then there is the fruit that is in the belly of Mary. And then you can see the hands and the gaze. If you look at Eve's face, you can see shame and guilt. And yet Mary gazes at Eve with loving eyes, and I wonder what she would say. I wonder if she would say something like this. Your birth brought forth a lot of pain, but this baby will redeem that and you. Don't give up hope. He is with you. I wonder if those would be the words of Mary to Eve. And the last thing I wanted to point out is, if you notice on the bottom of Eve's foot, you see the serpent wrapped around her legs, but you see Mary's foot stepping on the head of the serpent. I'll read this again. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. When you look at this painting, whose story do you see? See, this is my story. 
This is our story. And it's a beautiful story. It is a beautiful story. How does Jesus make his entrance into your story? I hope in this Christmas Eve, in this season of Advent, that you would make space. I don't know if you have margins right now. Some of us do not. You probably have had a chaotic week, maybe even a chaotic day. But if you don't have margins, maybe that's why you're here, so that you can create some space and margin so that Jesus can enter into your story and remind you who you belong to. Because when I look at Eve and I look at Mary, that is my story. There's a serpent wrapped around my leg and around my heart. And yet Eve has put her hands on my face. I mean, Mary has, and, and reminded me, there is one who will come, and he's come to save you. His name is Emmanuel. God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you, but he will hold on to you. You may let him go, but he will never let you go. Don't forget that in this season of Advent. See, a lot of times we celebrate Christmas and we believe Christmas ends here. But in the Christian calendar, actually, Christmas starts here. We celebrate Christmas all throughout the end of December and January and February until we hit Advent, until Easter. Christmas starts tomorrow, and it doesn't stop until we hit Easter. And so I pray and I hope that the Christmas season doesn't end when you uh, open up your gifts and, and everything is done. You put away your trees and you put your wreaths and all the stuff and you put them back in the closet and go, that's it. We're done. Not until next October or November or whenever you like to do it. Even maybe you're probably putting up stuff today and that's okay. But Christmas does not end tomorrow. It starts tomorrow and it starts in you. Merry Christmas, everyone. And I pray that the margins, whether they are small or large, that Jesus would enter into your story and remind you who you are and who you belong to. Amen.